Barry Soper, Senior Political Correspondent here. Hey, Barry. Good afternoon, Heather. Okay, so what has the government done on law and order? Well, it's a really interesting one, and we knew that they were going to do it as part of their 100-day plan. Um, they're making good on the promise, um, essentially removing those cultural reports that uh, have been funded by the taxpayer. And uh, I think a good one, too, is abolishing the previous Labor government's uh, prison target uh, reduction um, because essentially we've seen more criminals who many of us have uh, read the cases and say, why are, they, why are they out in the community? And you ask the question why and there's no real answer to it. It's ridiculous. And uh, doing away with the cultural reports doesn't stop friends and family uh, writing to the court or turning up at the court, so they can still do that. So, um, you know, the um, offender can still have some sort of representation. And now, the Justice Minister, Paul Goldsmith, he outlined the reports, how the reports have proliferated, and often uh, judges have given lighter sentences as a result of them. Uh, here's Goldsmith. Back in 17, approximately 40,000 was spent on these reports. However, in the past financial year, this number had skyrocketed to $7 million. Uh, a total of 14 reports were subsidised by the taxpayer in 2017. 2,500 were funded last year. During its six years in power, Labor spent nearly $25 million on Section 27 reports. Proliferation of these reports goes well beyond what was intended when the Act was passed into law and offers no apparent uh, benefits to the victims of crime. <laughs> well, I mean, there's your answer and why they should be done away with it. Um, when you've still got access to the courts on behalf of an offender, why should the taxpayer be paying Absolutely. for these well-written, no doubt, uh, beautifully phrased reports? Not always entirely accurate by no, the sounds no. of things. Um, Barry, how do you think Waitangi Day went for the government? Well, you know, it had the potential, didn't it, really, to blow up. I mean, you remember, you know, uh, Tamaiti shooting the flag one year, um, politicians being spat at. Uh, Don Brash getting mud flung at him, mm. um, uh, Stephen Joyce getting a dildo thrown at him. Uh, and, you know, it had the potential to do that uh, because they're angry Māori and uh, the Māori party have six six of the seven Māori seats now. So, you know, the climate was there and the anger was there, but I think they were well restrained. They were noisy, but well restrained. Um, uh, there's been a lot of criticism of... Um, Christopher Luxon's speech and uh, repeating what he had said last year. But look, I tell you what, I've been around politicians a long time, particularly travelling on election campaigns, and I remember Jim Bolger, same speech, night after night after night, his poor, long-suffering wife, Joan, sitting in the front row applauding at the times that every, she knew everybody would applaud and laughing when they laughed. And this is part of politics. And why it should be any difference in this case, I'm not sure, because a lot of it, what he was pointing out, was historic. Now, uh, Winston Peters, he gave a very forceful speech where they tried to shout him down. But um, most of what he had to say, I think uh, many people would find it hard to disagree with. Here he is. Whoever said we're getting rid of the Treaty of Waitangi? Tell me. No, we didn't. You tell me whoever said we're getting rid of the Treaty of Waitangi. So stop the crap. Stop the nonsense. Stop the hysteria. Some of us were out there before you were born fighting for Maori land rights. <laughs> so he left nobody uh, wondering what he was about. 
The thing is, Heather, you know, I saw a lot of uh, people that were there, young people being interviewed, and I think protest is absolutely marvellous. But the essential question is, what are they protesting about? They say the treaty should be honoured. And they say, well, then the question begs the question, how has it been dishonoured? And, uh, oh, I see what you're getting at. Yeah, there's like there seems to be a fundamental misunderstanding of what treat what totally. act is proposing because you hear a lot of people say they want to rewrite the treaty, which is completely unfair, Absolute right? Absolutely okay. rubbish. Hey, listen, but okay, you bold your example. There's one thing to go around for a stump speech from yeah. town to town to town to town and deliver the same speech because yeah. it's a different audience. It's pretty weird to go to the same audience and do the same speech. I will guarantee. I would guarantee you. If you pulled any member of that audience out yesterday and say, Christopher Luxon repeated what he had yeah. said last year, not one of them would say, oh, so he did. So it was they boring would, both times. It was times. the media. So game. boring nobody noticed. It was the media. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to say it was very low key. And you've got to say he didn't want to inflame the situation. Uh, David, David Seymour was going to speak later on. Yeah. And he was going to speak about the treaty bill. So why should Luxon? I mean, Luxon says he's going to oppose. Because he's the Prime Minister. But, I mean, it's not a good sign if people don't remember your speech from last year. Am I right? <laughs> hey? Don't think you should be well, aiming for that. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Barry. Appreciate it. Barry Soper, Senior Political Correspondent. We're going to talk about that later in the show again. Seven away from five. For more from Heather Duplessy Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4pm weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.